and welcome to another edition of This Week in Labor. I am your host, Tim Billadu, and we got a lot to cover this week, so let's jump right in. Our first story is from TheGuardian.com, and it is titled, Louisiana's Undocumented Seafood Workers Unite to Fight Workplace Abuses. This is written by Mike Elk. In the bayous of Louisiana, fear is running high for the thousands of guest workers that staff the state's $2 billion a year seafood industry. Seafood work is so dangerous that workers often lose fingers and suffer debilitating carpal tunnel injuries on the industry's high-speed assembly lines. Many Latinas working in the industry endure sexual harassment at the hand of white Southerners. They stay quiet about the harassment because they know that the owner won't bring them back if they speak up, says Julia, who wished to use only her first name. Worse, many recently arrived guest workers find themselves in rural isolated parts of Louisiana, where fear of law enforcement is compounded by the belief that police brutality against undocumented workers is commonplace. In many rural municipalities, the owners of large seafood processing companies often know the police on a personal level, and workers live with the fear of owners calling the police to have them deported if they cause trouble. In 2012, when the National Guest Worker Alliance tried to organize seafood workers, the owner of crawfish supplier CJ Seafood even threatened workers with violence if they spoke up about poor conditions, including locking workers in the plant and forcing them to work 24 hours straight to meet demand. Now seafood workers in Louisiana are beginning to lose that fear as they organize under the banner of the Seafood Workers Alliance. The company has all the power, but with organizing, we are going to attack their power, said Jesus Andres, president of the Seafood Workers Alliance. In a recent meeting of workers, Andres quickly slathered a thick coat of mayonnaise on a tortilla with fried shrimp and habanero sauce as he rushed to take his seat at the head of a table where three dozen seafood workers gathered in the community room of the Lafayette Public Library. All of a sudden, 34-year-old Danilo Balderes, an organizer with the Seafood Workers Alliance, stood in front of the room and began to clap. Soon the rest of the room, black, white, and brown alike, joined in the clapping. Gradually, the clap got louder and more upbeat as cries of Rrrr broke out. Balderes stopped the clapping and called the meeting to attention. All the people here could be fired, said Balderes, pointing to Andres and the leaders of the Seafood Workers Alliance seated at the front of the room. They could be fired and sent, to, sent back to their country if their employer knew they were here. Formed in 2017 as an offshoot of organizing being done by the National Guest Worker Alliance and the New Orleans Workers Center for Racial Justice, the Seafood Workers Alliance has hundreds of members in 15 different plants throughout Louisiana. The organization is focused heavily on suing employers and building alliances with local communities so that workers can help push back when they face abuses in the workplace. They've built deep ties in particular with the African-American community. Often low-wage employers employers have attempted to pit low-wage African-American workers against Latino workers, who many saw as coming to Louisiana to take their jobs. Through combined struggle, the workers have learned that while their struggles are different, their problems both with local employers and enforcement are similar. Look, we understand now that when they say deportation, that's incarceration for black people, said Alfred Marshall, a middle-aged African-American activist with Stand with Dignity, also a project of the New Orleans Workers Center for Racial Justice. When they say undocumented, we know that there are over 50,000 to 60,000 people in New Orleans 
who have outstanding warrants on them that can't even go get a job because of the fear they have, said Marshall. The language they use is different, but the problems are the same, and now we understand that better than ever. As a result of the growing solidarity and power of the Seafood Workers Alliance, the workers have been able to win the reinstatement of over a dozen workers who feared they would be blacklisted, creating a sense of momentum. In March, the Workers' Alliance successfully won the reinstatement of seven workers, uh, DNG Fry, Crawfish, in Iota, Louisiana. At the catfish plant in Guidry's Catfish and Bro Bridge, Louisiana, many were fearful that Andres would not be allowed to come back for another season after he laid out a campaign to raise wages at the plant from $9 an hour to $12 an hour. However, in March... Andres and his co-workers organized and forced their employer to agree to bring them back. This win, on the heels of winning other reinstatements, has given workers a new sense of power. Andres says that now he sees more and more of his co-workers overcoming their fears and putting pressure on the boss to improve their workplace. Through the Seafood Workers Alliance, we have learned how to assert our rights and take on the boss, and it's changed so much, said Andres. Our next story this week comes to us from NECN and is written by Malcolm Johnson. The title of the article is Striking Boston Hotel Workers March Downtown. Striking Marriott Hotel Workers protested Friday afternoon in downtown Boston, city police said. The protest took place at Tremont and Boylston Streets beginning at 5 p.m. Boston police shut down Tremont and Stewart Streets to manage traffic for the event, police said. Unite Here Local 26 President Brian Lang said, the housekeepers, cooks, bartenders, doormen, and other employees on strike are calling for increased wages and a salary that allows them to be able to live in Boston. It's just quite simple, Lang said. The hotel industry has had the five most profitable years in the history of Boston. The largest hotel company in the world dominates this market, and we're saying to them, our job should be enough for a hotel worker to live in the city that they work in, to raise their family, and to retire with dignity. He says Marriott has not budged on this issue and that the workers on strike will not return to work until the company does so. The strike began on October 3rd when an estimated 1,500 Marriott hotel workers walked out demanding a living wage. The workers walked out at seven Marriott-operated hotels, including the Aloft Boston Seaport District, the Element Boston Seaport District, Ritz-Carlton Boston, the Sheraton Boston, the W Hotel Boston, and Weston Boston Waterfront, and the Weston Copley Place. Marriott is a multi-billion dollar corporation and our wages haven't kept up with the rising costs, Tula Savadis, a Sheraton hotel bartender said. I've put my time in through the years working for this company. I should be at a place where I feel comfortable enough to retire. Courtney Leonard is another worker who is demanding fair wages and health care. I'm from South Boston. I was born and raised here. Now I live in New Bedford, so I drive over 100 miles a day just to get to work because I can't afford to live anywhere near here. Leonard said she doesn't want to inconvenience guests nor give up her paycheck, but says some things are worth the sacrifice. The money is there, especially in Boston. Corporations are moving, and we are being left behind as workers, and we need to stand together, said Leonard. Workers at the Marriott Hotel which is the city's largest hotel employer, say that one job should be enough. I want people to know the job is not easy, Mei Ling, a housekeeper at Sheraton Boston, said. 
I want them to know we need a good contract. The union that represents the protesting hospitality workers, Unite Here Local 26, urges the public not to cross the picket line. The strike comes after the hotel and workers fail to agree on wages after months of negotiation. Hotel industry is an industry that is thriving here, Unite Here Local 26 President Brian Lang said. It's thriving primarily because of the great work that the members of Local 26 do and we're simply saying one job should be enough. Let us share wealth we create for these companies. Now the hotel chain faces other walkouts in Honolulu, Detroit, San Francisco, San Diego, Seattle, Oakland, and San Jose. Marriott International expressed in a statement its disappointment in Unite Here's strike. Marriott's current economic proposal matches the economic terms in the party's last contract, which included the largest increases in the party's bargaining history, the hotel giant said. We have not proposed any changes to our associates' health, welfare, or retirement benefits. During the strike, our hotels are open, and we stand ready to provide excellent service to our guests. While we respect our associates' right to participate in this work stoppage, we also will welcome any associate who chooses to continue to work. Our final story this week is from TheGuardian.com and is titled, They Want Us to Be Robots, Whole Food Workers Fear Amazon Changes, and it is written by Michael Sananato. Whole Foods staff are worried that Amazon, the grocery chain's new owner, is trying to turn them into, quote, robots and are seeking to set up a union to protect their jobs. Workers at America's healthiest grocery store say management is trying to cut jobs and reduce wages as they reshape the 38-year-old grocery chain in Amazon's image. No one trusts Amazon, and there are fears in upper management that Amazon will clean house if sales rates aren't hit, said one of the founders of the whole worker community in an interview. Staff are reluctant to speak on the record for fear of retaliation, and the company has recently started training managers to fight back against union organization. They're squeezing all they can out of the workers. Amazon gives little notice whenever they make changes. When they rolled in the Amazon Prime discount, they only gave stores 10 to 14 days of notice and no extra labor to handle the extra work. Whole Foods workers across the United States are beginning to collectively organize in an attempt to push back on changes made to the supermarket chain operations since Amazon acquired the company in August 2017. On the 6th of September, a group of workers sent out a letter to Whole Foods stores across the country reaching out to fellow employees to discuss concerns with how Amazon has changed the company as part of the whole worker community. They cited the order-to-shelf system, which began three years ago and is accelerated under Amazon, and mass layoffs of certain positions as some of the primary reasons Whole Foods workers are now coordinating efforts to unionize. The order-to-shelf system is a strict set of procedures for employees to follow that uses scorecards to prescribe specific ways to store, display, purchase items on store shelves, and in stock rooms. The OTS system really aligns with Amazon's core practices. It's to make everyone interchangeable, said a Whole Foods employee in the New England area involved in labor organizing. They want us to become robots. That's where they are going. They want to set it up so they don't have to pay someone $15 an hour who knows all about the food. They can pay someone $10 an hour to do these small tasks and time duties. Whole Foods has a history of union busting even before Amazon acquired the company. In May 2016, 
Whole Foods paid the union-busting consulting firm Culture Consulting more than $100,000 days before a union election for a distribution center in Pompano Beach, Florida. In 2017, the National Labor Relations Board ruled against Whole Foods for union-busting tactics as they amended the employee handbook to ban recording of all work-related activities without management approval, an infringement on collective bargaining rights and labor law. We want to return to where we were a few years ago, added the New England area Whole Foods employee. Store teams used to make more. We had much better pay and were taking more money on our paychecks than we were making from our hourly wage when the company was successful, when it wasn't self-cannibalizing, when everybody had the tools to do their job. The employee explained that under Amazon, Whole Foods workers are expected to do more with restricted labor budgets and often perform duties above their rank without being properly compensated. In addition, his region's capital expenditure budget has been frozen. We just got bought by the second trillion dollar company in the world and we don't have money to replace refrigeration units. Amazon recently followed Apple to become the second company ever to be valued at over $1 trillion. Another New England area-based Whole Foods employee told The Guardian that despite drastic differences in store traffic and sales between August, when customers are on vacation, and September, when children go back to school, his labor budget only increased by $300 despite a projected increase in daily sales of $100,000. We're left to try to figure out how to do the impossible on shifts with not enough people to work, the employee said. It's not the same place it was a year ago. A Whole Foods employee in Southern California said the culture at Whole Foods has had changed as upper management has focused on maximizing profit and homogenizing stores. Local and specialty products have been cut and replaced with more conventional mainstream ones, and regional marketing and sign making has been removed, they said. We are losing the shopper and team members who help make us who we are. Under Amazon's ownership, profit sharing for employees, once a major perk of working for the company, has reportedly been eliminated. Jeff Bezos should not have earned $150 billion when the majority of his workers live paycheck to paycheck and do not receive profit sharing, stated the letter sent out to a Whole Foods employees by the whole worker community. The clandestine nature of Amazon offering stock options to store leadership without informing team members is beyond problematic. It is insulting and unethical. Whole Foods has also gradually eliminated or drastically reduced classes of jobs, such as in-store graphic designers and payroll benefits specialists, and merged those duties into other positions without providing workers additional compensation. In a previous statement made in March 2018, Whole Foods said the cuts were made to support business needs. We work for the wealthiest man in the world and our stores can't afford to hire. If you actually want to build sales and increase market share, you need to spend the money to get it done, said a Whole Foods employee based in Illinois who helps coordinate the whole worker community. Corporations keep getting tax incentives, but when you don't raise wages and you need two jobs just to make a living, what's the point? We're not getting anywhere as a society. The employee added the short staffing and reduction in labor has fostered an environment at Whole Foods where employees are struggling to complete all their assigned duties and unable to take the time required for customer service throughout the workday. Even stopping to help somebody feels like a burden, and it shouldn't be that way. Whole Foods, however, declined to comment for this story. And that's it for us this week at This Week in Labor. Make sure to hit subscribe on any of your favorite podcast carriers, including iTunes and SoundCloud. Until next week, in solidarity, this has been This Week in Labor.
gotta join that one big union. You've gotta join it by yourself. Everybody here will join it with you. You've gotta join the one big union by yourself. If the road gets rough and rocky, if the hills get steep and high, we will sing as we go marching, and we'll win one big union by and by. Brothers gotta join that one big union. Brother's gotta join it by himself. Everybody here will join it with him. Brother's gotta join the one big union by himself. Sisters gotta join that one big union. Sisters gotta join it by herself. Everybody here will join it with her. Sisters gotta join the one big union by herself. Everybody gotta join that one big union. Everybody gotta join it by herself. Everybody here will join it with them. Yes. Everybody join one big union by themselves. I'm gonna join that one big union. I'm gonna join it by myself. Don't want nobody to join it for me. I'm gonna join one big union by myself. I'm gonna join that one big union. Yes, I am. I'm gonna join it by myself. Don't want nobody to join it for me. I'm gonna join the one big union by myself.